Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. We are enduring to the end. We're not going to give up on Jesus. We are going to walk by faith in everything that we do, and we are going to lay down this sin, give no provisions to this flesh, Why? Because when our Savior comes back, he is looking for a church that is wrinkle-free, no blemishes, and no spots. Amen? Amen. Okay, I want to talk about if we love the Lord or not, because we see among the body of Christ, I can't say it enough, we cannot have our cake and eat it too. If we love Jesus, then we will obey what he says. And so I am going to do a really short exhortation because no need to beat a dead horse, right? Okay, so let's start off in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your forgiveness and your grace and mercy. And Father, we just love you. So we give you all the honor, all the all the glory, and all the praise. Father, thank you for eternal life. For Jesus did tell us what eternal life was, and that is to know God. And so through your son Jesus, we are getting to know you, and it is a blessing. So Father, I ask for wisdom, and I love your people. Give me clarity of mind. As I let the people know that we love Jesus and we will do what he say. And may the Holy Spirit move on me to say what you want the people to know. Let it be all of you and absolutely none of me. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Okay people. So you all know how I stay over there in the lion's den. And. I actually like talking about it because I don't have a whole lot of people to talk to. You all are the biggest audience that I speak to. I live, thank you, Holy Spirit, a very quiet life and everything. That's because all the chaos of the sin, you know, I had to put all that away. And so I find myself just, you know, being about the Father's business doing what he calls me to do. And so, apparently, he has me, I believe, over there on Facebook, 
okay like i said i also do youtube videos uh as of late probably within the last month or two i haven't recorded as many videos he has me stationed out and camped out on the podcast so that is fine with me because i'm finding on the podcast i can do more than 30 minutes because my phone as far as video only do about 30 minutes i probably need to go on and invest in a camera but anywho i love doing a podcast and so over there on facebook you know i spend the better part of the day and in the evening um responding to comments uh posting i do a lot of posting um a lot of teachings over there so i'm over there doing that and then I check my notifications. (laughs) I laugh because in the notifications, you will see the hot mess. Okay. What people post, you know, what they, what their responses and replies to what I post. And so for the most part, it is very encouraging, you know, glory be to God. You know, I get a lot of support, if you will. I get a lot of, yes, preach it, girl, you know, that sort of thing. But I give all the glory to God. And so I do have my lion's share of the hot mess. Okay, so you get a lot of people. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is in the body of Christ that everybody put on airs. listen, I love the brethren, right? And just like with any family, you know, we check one another. And this is where the scripture and Hebrews come into play about not forsaking the fellowshipping of one another. Because if you leave it to the fake phony pastor, okay, he's talking about coming to the church building. And the reason why he wants us to come over to the church building so that they can continue to browbeat us with Malachi 3.10 and their false doctrine of tithing. So no, pastor, look, listen, we are the ecclesia. We are little temple churches running around here. So wherever, wherever that we gather two or three or more Jesus is right in there because right Holy Spirit (laughs) we don't know if Jesus is going to be at your church pastor with your false doctrine come on now y'all need to repent so we want to make sure that Jesus is right in the midst of the fellowship so that we can get clarity and sound doctrine so that we not off the rip just you know taking scriptures and bending them to what we feel it should say rather what the holy spirit actually said about it so anyway (laughs) glory be to god look listen you know like how you have a job and either you're gonna love it or you're going to hate it or you or you're going to be complacent and be like, eh, it's a paycheck or whatever. This job in the kingdom, I love it. I really do. Because 
I love my boss. As someone on Facebook said, Jesus is not our boss. We don't work for him. It's love and all this stuff. And I'm like, sit down. Like, you know what? Just sit down. When I say that and when anybody would say that, he's our master, our master. So we take our cues from him. We take our teachings from him. We take everything from from him. And so where we see him leading us, but that's where we're going to go. So yes, he's my boss. He's my shepherd. He's my God. He's my Lord. He's my father. He's my prince of peace. All of that. Okay. And so when I say, you know, working for the kingdom, I liken that to my spiritual boss. It's not wrong with saying that. So calm down. And this is what I be going through. <laughs> over there in the lion's den so anywho uh what actually brought this on it it, it be so many let me see what happened oh okay you know how the pagan christmas day is coming up right now i had said before i don't know if it was on on a podcast i mean on the on the podcast or maybe i did it as a posting but I was saying that how all year up until about now, right, um, especially when Halloween was coming up and everybody in the Christian community over there on Facebook was in part, for the most part, in agreement that, yes, Halloween is demonic, it is satanic, and we shouldn't have our kids participating in that, you know, because it's just straight up witchcraft. And we can see by the trappings of it all, it's evil, it looks evil, it is dark, it is, you know, satanic base. So there wasn't really too much of a fight about uh, we ain't doing Halloween. Okay, so now here we go with the next pagan thing. Okay, as far as Thanksgiving, nah, nobody made too big a of a fuss about that even though it does has pagan roots um one could see it as um a national holiday maybe not so much as um paganism going on but i say anytime that we are idolizing anything like that turkey okay because apparently that turkey is the guest of honor he is the end all the be all for that day and anything that you do it like that year after year and it becomes this big idol in your life because think about it thank you holy spirit you spend weeks preparing i'm sorry you hear me preparing preparing in preparation for the big event and you make a whole big to do about the turkey what you're going to cook um uh who's gonna bring over what food and whose potato salad we ain't eating this year and who bakes the best uh, sweet potato pie and all of the fixing and the trappings and what game y'all gonna watch on tv and who's bringing the drinks and who gonna be watching them kids because you know the kids gonna be running around you know grandma gotta eat first you know bring down uncle bob from out of the <laughs> out of the attic 
You know what I'm saying? Make sure that he get his place first, his his plate first, because he got to take his medicine and all this mess, right? So there is a lot of going on. And so, and then not only that, and then you start taking pictures of your meals. I can't tell you how many snapshots of the pies and the cranberry sauce and the baked macaroni and cheese that get posted up on Facebook. And so if you look at it like that, like how I'm starting to look at everything now, everything is an idol. I mean, things that we once just said, ah, you know what, it's really nothing now. Uh Uh-uh, not in these last days, not what's been going on in the world. I'm highly suspect of everything. And so even though there wasn't a lot of pushback for Thanksgiving, I just kind of watched it from the sidelines. You know what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ that are very firm about certain things, but um, they would say, you know, they happy Thanksgiving and get into the whole pageantry of it all. So it's like, you know, some things you make big bones about and some things that you don't. Okay, what have you. But then, hold on, turn off my noisy car. I'm actually sitting in the car waiting for my son to get out of school. So I figure I just jump on the podcast real quick. So if you hear birds tree chirping, uh, the wind blowing, or the train going by, yeah, I'm outside. So, anyway, the big old pagan day of the year is fastly approaching, right? And here we go. Here we go. Now, look, what I'm finding out is that all year, any pagan holiday that you don't care about, oh, we got a whole lot to say about that, how we need to stay away from it. It is of the devil. Is this, is that, God is not in that, but you let one of their favorite pagan holidays roll, ar- roll around, oh, everybody done got amnesia now. Suddenly, it's about the birth of Jesus, it's, you know, it's his birthday, and yeah, even though that we don't celebrate idols and, and idol worshiping and that, but this is different. This is that, oh, Jesus wants us. Show me that scripture, okay? Show me that scripture. But how Jesus wants us to celebrate his birthday. As if he's a a devo. Like he's, you know, one of these worldly celebrities that have to have the party, okay? The, uh, the white tie affair, because it's their birthday. Are you kidding me? Listen, the question on the floor is, what did Jesus do? Jesus was on this earth in the body of a man for 33 years, okay? Did he have a birthday party, okay? Cake, candles, Christmas tree, whatever. Did he have a party? Did he say, oh, listen, um, on the... T- <laughs> Because it's ludicrous. That's why I'm laughing. Okay. Did he say, uh, listen, on the 25th, 
we're going to meet over at Peter's house. Why, Lord? Oh, it's my birthday. I'm thinking about having me a party. No, he did not. Yes, his birth was and is historical and a blessed event. Yes, because finally the Savior came on the scene. The kingdom of God was at hand. It showed up. I'm here, y'all. Jesus was saying to the people, okay, they didn't want to recognize him. Now, thank you, Holy Spirit. If it was so important in terms of celebrating his coming, why not his own people did not embrace him? Half of them was like, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then the other majority was like, crucify, crucify, crucify. So, look. It just stands to reason that when Jesus gives us a command, that's what we need to do, okay? If he say, put away all your idols, put it away. If he says that there is no other God but me, then that's what it is. And we know, I believe it's what, Philippians 2, 7 to 9, how it talks about that Jesus uh, that Jesus made himself of no reputation. Look, Jesus didn't go around with the bullhorn talking about, I'm the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, um, I'm here now. All your problems is done away with. You don't have to worry about anything because I'm here. No, he was quiet about what he was doing. That is why when he did the healings and the miracles, Sorry, folks, my phone fell. Did the miracles and the healings. He will always tell the person, don't tell them who did this. And so that's just a testament to how he was about the business, about the father's business. He wasn't going around making noise and making a scene of himself. And so when we look to his leaning and the way that he did things and does things, well, then that's what we should follow, okay? We shouldn't try to assume and presume anything outside of the scriptures because that is where we get into trouble. That is where we start creating doctrines, okay? That is how we start uh, creating traditions of men. Now, all of a sudden, Jesus wants us to celebrate his birthday. Why? Because you want to stay stuck in your idolatry. You want to stay stuck in your sin of revelry and debauchery and drunkenness and greed and lust, and the list goes on and on. Because anytime you are off in Satan's camp doing all the things that his people like to do, it ain't going to work out well for you. So now, so now look, I don't care what you say. We should not be talking about Jesus' so-called birthday on the 25th. First of all, we don't even know when Jesus was born, okay? If for nothing else, we can look at the uh, setting of what was going on when the angels, you know, a approached the uh, shepherds um, about, you know, what time of the season that that could have been. Some said it could have been spring. 
some people saying the fall, like all of this speculation. So it stands the reason that if he didn't say on the on the third day in the month of whatever Jewish month that they say in the year uh, 2 AD or 2 or whatever BC, you know, if it's not in there, it must not be of importance because Jesus told us to put in our remembrance his broken body and his shed blood and that how once he goes to the cross and die and resurrect, we are now under a new covenant, okay? There were bigger fish to fry other than whether or not are we going over to Peter's house for Jesus' birthday party? So our priorities are in the wrong place. Now, look, they are well-meaning Christians, I'm quite sure. And but for the fact that this is one of the biggest money days for the marketplace outside of the pagan Easter day with all of his chocolate bunnies and Easter baskets and all that hot mess. Everyone got to have a new outfit for what? To go to church when you probably haven't gone since last Easter. So you can see where all the foolishness is tied into these pagan holidays. So that what prompted me to put this post up here on Facebook. Now, hold on. Let me just read to y'all some of the things I post up there because I don't know if y'all think I be making this stuff up. I can't. I cannot be making this stuff up. Number one, it's funny. It's funny, but it's not funny because as the body of Christ, we need to stop it. Okay, we need to stop trying to hold on to the world because of your favorite pagan holidays coming up. And so now you want to talk for Jesus and and make sure that we get in everybody RSVP for the big party on the 25th. I don't think so. And so I was just thinking in that moment, I think I was responding to somebody, somebody I was responding to and. They were basically saying that how, you know, they wanted to celebrate the 25th and I'm uh, of his birthday, supposedly this big old party that's finna go down. And so I'm thinking we need to listen to Jesus when he tells us to do something and when not to do that and stop feeding into the mindset of this is what he wants us to do. So look. I posted this word of caution, okay? I said, when you are fighting against sound counsel about the sin that you are in, please stop saying that Jesus would never, and then you fill in the and you fill in the blank because that's what it was. Oh, I know what it was. It wasn't about the birthday, it was about when Jesus talked about divorce and remarry, right? Because now I also did an extensive teaching on that. So you all may want to go and check that out. But a woman was posting 
saying that how because um another brother in Christ had put up the posting about you know how it is adultery if you were married and you got a divorce but now you are you have remarried but your first spouse is still very much alive and he was saying that you know and Jesus said that this was adultery and you know he quoted all the scriptures and whatnot so this woman come to find out so initially she kicking up a storm talking about no 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 you have you have misinterpreted the scripture and that's not what he said and she was just going on and on and it was like I don't know if this one was where it was like a 16 or 11 uh reply thread and so I'm reading through the uh thread like okay I had to start I had to start from the top because I caught it right in mid-fight, if you will. So I was like, okay, what is all this fussing going on? I go up to the top of the thread, and yeah, she's saying that, no, 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 you got the scripture wrong. That's not what it meant. And the brother in Christ was like, look, listen, ma'am, I've been doing this for over 40 years with this, I guess, with that particular topic. And, um, and so he was going back and forth with the scripture, and it was like, she wasn't trying to hear none of that, and she had provided this link of a teaching that she did to say that, no, you can remarry, and that since you are now in that second or third or whatever, fourth marriage, Jesus understands, because in her case, like it was in my case, she had a husband angry violent man tried to kill her and so she divorced him rightly so because Jesus does not want us to be with anybody that is trying to kill us okay and so um and he was telling her you know I'm sorry you know to hear about that but if you divorce him which rightly so put him away but you are to remain unmarried because your first spouse is still alive oh no and so I guess in a roundabout way so I'm paraphrasing um she was trying to say that how Jesus wants her to be happy now and that he would never tell anybody to leave their second spouse because of what he said because apparently that's not what he meant and that how Jesus would never he would never say because now um, her kids have now attached and latched on to the a new hubby. And this is the only father, I guess the only real father that they have ever known. And apparently life is now good. Everybody's settled down. No more acts of violence is going on. And you mean to tell me that Jesus wants me to put all this away because he's saying that I'm in adultery? No that Jesus would never he would never and I'm like oh yes he would okay because see real short summary the whole thing about being divorced and remarried Jesus made it clear and I think it's um what is it Matthew 19 right where the Pharisees because you know they were always stalking him and trailing behind him trying to trip him up on questions about the law and so you had a group of these Pharisees had asked Jesus about divorce a divorcement you know putting away your wife giving her or him a writing of divorcement 
and they were saying that how, you know, they wanted to ask them, you know, is it lawful in essence? And because they were saying, because, you know, Moses, you know, gave us a writing of divorcement, you know, and Jesus, and this is what I love about our Lord. He pulls no punches when it comes to them hypocritical Pharisees. So anyway, in part, he was saying that, yeah, Moses gave y'all that because of the hardness of your hearts. You know, probably they were treating their spouse like crap or whatever. Second class citizens, you know, as, as far as women was concerned, because, you know, back in ancient times, ancient Israel days, you know, the women didn't have, you know, like a huge voice like these feminists are doing today in the 21st century. So anyway, so Jesus was telling them that, you know, accept it be for fornication, okay? You are to stay with that person, you know? And as far as God sees it, that first spouse that you marry, he says that the um, that two flesh should now become one flesh and that uh, let no man put asunder. So in the law of marriage, until that spouse dies, okay, you are not released, from that covenant you are not released from that law and god don't care what the 21st century divorce courts gotta say about you divorcing <clears throat> because jesus was saying accept it be for fornication because you see the lying fake phony pastor at the church telling everybody that if your spouse commits adultery while y'all married, you can go on and get that divorce because yes, God does frown on divorce. And so you have a lot of people like me thought that, okay, because I'm in my third marriage and each marriage ended in adultery. So I thought I was good to go, not knowing that I'm committing adultery because my first spouse is very much still alive and I and I have had two husbands after him okay so anyway scripture is clear because Jesus was talking about fornication and we know fornication is you having sex with someone who is not your spouse so he wasn't talking about adultery because we know what adultery is. Adultery is having sex with someone who is not your spouse because you are a married person. And when you step out of that covenant and go sleep with somebody else who is not your spouse, you are committing adultery. See, and that is where the misinterpretation of that scripture has led many of us into sin thank you holy spirit into sin because he said fornication that means that somebody has sex before y'all got married and when y'all got married and it came out it came out in the light that let's say the husband because i like to use this, this scenario right you and him um got engaged, everybody's happy, you in love, he in love, both families are looking forward to the blessed event. Boom. Y'all going to get married, happy days, month one, happy days, month two, happy days, month three. And then you get a knock on the door. You go and answer the door and it's his mistress come to find out he was cheating 
on you during the engagement process. That's the word fornication. So anyway, not only is she on your front doorstep, but she is holding a newborn baby, talking about how she just got a DNA test, and this is, in fact, your husband's baby. And you're like, what in the, you was cheating on me is going on here? So yeah, come to find out that during the engagement process, he committed fornication with this woman. She got pregnant had a baby, okay, and proof, evidence, concrete, the DNA results came back, you are the father, and Jesus says that for fornication, in that scenario that I just laid out, fine, you can go on and get a divorce and remarry, but, but, if it's for any other reason, like you just got tired of the person or y'all were just arguing every time you turn around and y'all just couldn't get along and y'all decided to part ways, Jesus is like, okay, you go in and get that divorce. But guess what? You are to remain unmarried. So like I said, that's just the short clip of it all. If you want to know more about that, because I know there are a lot of Christians and sinners are in their second and third and fourth marriages, and they are not clear on this. Jesus is clear. Except it be for fornication, if you divorce and remarry, you are committing adultery. And the Bible says that no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. And so, yes, you have a big decision to make. Either you love Jesus or you don't. Either you're going to follow his commands or you or you don't. Because, you see, that's the problem. We take marriage so flippant in the 21st century, and so that we feel that, oh, I'm going to marry the first person that says that they love me, and I feel this deep connection with, and they are my soul mate, but guess what, if it don't work out, you either got to stay and make it work, pray, Holy Spirit help us, or if you find yourself you cannot live with this person, you cannot remarry if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, adhering to his teaching and commandments. And so a lot of people are going to kick and scream and fuss because, see, now they got this new spouse. They got this new house. Y'all's money is all tied up together. You probably got some new kids now or you probably got a blended family and everybody has taken to the new step parent and everything is good your life is now enmeshed and entwined in this new marriage everything is great you love her she loves him kids are happy everything is hunky-dory and now you get the revelation about how jesus said oh no 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 okay your first marriage didn't end because he died and now you're a widow or he committed fornication, you found out after you all gotten married. And so now you in this marriage and you now seeing that Jesus says that you are committing adultery. Well, what you gonna do? Yeah, well, 
If you love him, you will do what he say. You will have to put away that sin. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just like any other sin that will keep you out of the kingdom of heaven. And obey. That's just it. Yes, it's hard. And yes, Jesus will give you time to repent and to disentangle yourself from that sin like he would do with any other sin. Because see, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because you see, people want to pick and choose their sins, okay? They want to hold on to the sins that they act like they can't live without, like that adulterous marriage. Or some people feel as though they can't stop sleeping around, and so they don't, and they stuck in it. And just like people who don't want to put down that weed and them cigarettes, they feel as though they can't live without it. And so they don't. Well, guess what? First <laughs> Corinthians 6, 9 to 10 will testify against you. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived that for you to think that Jesus would never tell you to now leave this second man that you now are in love with. You got a great house, a great family, and you are deceived to think that Jesus is going to say to you, oh, that's right. You love him. Okay. You know what? Well, my command don't apply to you, Susan. Susan May. Okay. No, Bob Thornhill. <laughs> it don't apply to you because you right. You you really love her and um and that first marriage was a horror show. So you know what? Yeah, um, you right too. Okay, okay, you know what? I give everybody a free pass, you know, just bypass what um I had to say. I didn't know what I was talking about because I forgot how love is. Absolutely not. That sounds completely foolish. So yeah, so anyway, all of that to say about the word of caution that I was bringing to the followers over there on Facebook. So, like I said, I said word of caution. When you are fighting against sound counsel about the sin that you are in, please stop saying that Jesus would never, well, you fill in the blank. Okay, Jesus would never tell me to leave my second spouse because I'm happy now. Or Jesus would never tell me to stop smoking this weed because he knows I need it for my back. Or Jesus would never tell me to stop sleeping around because he know I have a lust problem and I'm a sex addict. Or Jesus would never tell me to uh, stop lying because he knows that how my wife always asks me, how do I look in this dress? So come on now, y'all need to stop. Listen, when Jesus says something in his word, he is clear about that sin. You can't make him change his mind just because you don't want to give up the sin or you can't believe that he would tell you to leave that sin and all that's attached with it okay so this is why i was bringing the excitation because like that uh thread i was telling you all about about the whole remarry and divorce thing this goes on on a daily all the kicking and screaming you know 
That's why I couldn't understand it at first, but now I do. I thought the lion's den was going to be, I should be fighting with sinners about how they need to stop and repent, that they need to put that wicked lifestyle away and come on to Christ and, you know, and go back and forth with them about, you know, salvation, about the fact that hell is real. You know, about that, yes, God exists. He's very much real. Don't believe the lie. And that, yes, Jesus is God. And so, you know, I'm thinking that I will probably be going back and forth with them because, you know, sinners are going to have a lot of pushback because they don't trust nothing. Okay. So you will have the glory be to God with the help of the Holy Spirit. Bring it to them. Never did I imagine the extent of the pushback from the Christians, if you will. And now I'm thinking, these can't be Christians. I don't know. Listen, only thing I know is that the fruit that you are demonstrating, because just like Jesus says that we would know a fruit, I mean, that we would know a tree by the fruit that it bears. And it's looking like y'all are sprouting a bunch of oranges because y'all keep saying how y'all are apple trees. And all I'm seeing is a bunch of oranges falling down to the ground. And so I was saying in closing to the, the brief exhortation and rebuke, okay, where's the sacrifice, people? Didn't Jesus sacrifice his whole entire life for us? We can't follow his simple instructions. And we can do something he asks us to do, which will save us from hell. Everybody wants to celebrate his so-called birthday on the 25th, but nobody wants to listen to him when he tells us to do something. We need to repent and stop the resisting and justifications and loopholes. Bottom line, if we love him like we say we do, then... And then I had attached a picture, uh, a meme of John 14, 15, where Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And that's the bottom line to everything because we trust him. Okay, because look, you won't put your trust in anything or anyone if you don't think that what they saying is the truth. Glory be to God. You will not. Okay, we make judgment every day. We make judgments every day. Like I could look at a chair and I see it's kind of leaning like and if you tap it, it kind of straighten up, but then it cocked back down to the side and you're looking at this thing like, I don't know if I can trust sitting in that thing because if I sit, sit in it and crash it and break my neck, I'm going to be in a world of hurt. So you know what? Nah, I ain't going to trust sitting in that. And see, and we make judgments every day. And so when we looking at the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, and he say to do a certain thing, and that will bring you much discomfort, how much discomfort was he was up there on that cross having took the beating he took? Not to mention God's full wrath being poured on him because of you. For you. So that you don't have to go to hell for the adultery that you don't want to give up. 
You don't want to give up that spouse, but, oh, but you want his saving grace to save you from hell? No, absolutely not, okay? Jesus paid a huge and dear price. He sacrificed his life for you, but you can't sacrifice a human being who can't save you no way, no way, okay? And you telling him, oh, you would never tell me to put down this sin because you just love me so much. I'm so special that you are going to make an exception because you know that all my money is now tied up over here. I got this mortgage with this man. And so now I got to be uncomfortable to go find my own place, to be separated from him. I can't have all the great sex we were having anymore. He loves me. I love him. And and he's, he's such a great provider. He provides for all of us. As a matter of fact, I don't even have to go back to work anymore. So, Lord, you telling me I got to give up all of my comfort creatures? Oh, I have to give all that up. Don't you love me, Lord? And I can imagine the Lord like, where were, I could have used all of this up there on the cross as I was being nailed to the tree for you, Miss Missy. Okay, don't come to me talking about how you can't sacrifice anything. No, absolutely not so. Yeah, that kind of made me heated. Only because, see, for me, what's keeping me so humble and so grounded is every time I look to the cross and I see the finished works and in the in the natural, because he was fully man as well as fully God, but the man Jesus having to endure that physical pain. Because see, let me tell you, I think people kind of forget that Jesus was also a flesh and blood human being. Yes, he was God in the flesh, okay? But he still, what, grew hair, grew fingernails, went to the bathroom like all of us, took baths, changed his clothes, brushed his teeth, um, ate and slept, he sweated, you know, I'm quite sure whatever deodorant products, whatever was going on back then, you know, he kept himself groomed. You know, he washed his feet. He washed others' feet. I'm quite sure he burped a time or two, passed gas, could have had indigestion. Who knows? But he was still human, okay? If you drive a spike through the wrist of any human being, they are going to feel some pain, okay? If you pluck out their beard, if you whip them with a cat of nine tails, ripping off his flesh from his body, okay? Taking a crown of thorns and and meshing it and piercing his skull, he gonna feel some pain. Not to mention when he was in the garden that night, praying so hard, he sweated blood. Don't you know what he did in order to face that cross? But what did he tell the father? He said that if this cup can be taken from me, meaning that is there any other way, any other way to save the people from their sins? Is there any other way? But then he said what? Nevertheless, nevertheless, let it be as according to your will. And he took it for us. He took that. He took it all. And for 
us to have the audacity to want to, yo, listen, to want to kick and scream and fight about a piece of marriage, that man's bodysuit going to drop to the ground just like yours. And you fighting to hold on to some flesh. Glory be to God. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us. And this is what gets me riled up because I don't get it. I don't get it. Don't we realize what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us? He stepped out of heaven to come to this sin-stinking, fleshy, worldly, dark place of a world to come into the body, the image of a man, to suffer in the body, to be tempted in all points as we were but never sinned he went through some things do you think it was easy thank you holy spirit do you think it was easy for him in the wilderness for them 40 days while satan was tempting him he had nothing to eat or drink i believe right nothing to drink because you know he was starving because he was tempted to by Satan to turn them stones into bread. And he told them what? That man should not live by bread alone, but by the by every word out of the mouth of God. You know, the physical traumatic experience he went through in the wilderness. And then the angels had to come to tend to him after 40 days. He needed to be refreshed, Miss Missy. Talking about how you don't believe that Jesus would never say, you know, to stop this sin. Don't you know the beating he took so that we can stop the sin and be delivered from the power of it for you to say as you walking around with that second marriage draped around your neck as if it's some kind of trophy? Talking about how he would never, oh yes he would, and you know what, if you don't repent, he will surely escort you to the gates of hell. Miss Missy talking about Jesus would never. Oh, yes. Jesus said to repent. He told us to uh, forsake our sins, all of them. Every last single bit of it. Now, I did a teaching about the sins that would keep us out of heaven. Okay. Please Please share it and, and listen to it because we're not trying to go to hell behind a flesh that we didn't want to let go of. Absolutely not. It makes no sense. So, yeah, you see, and that's what I be going through over there, which is fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm not complaining about it. I'm just recounting some <laughs> some of the stories because you can't make this stuff up but I love God's people and so you know when the anointing comes on to blow the trumpet and stretch forth the finger and say love uh-uh you're going the wrong way and when the Holy Spirit tells me to write these exhortations and postings and teachings well then that's what i'm doing because this is not me because if this was about what's this 2020 if this was about 20 years ago i could care less what you do because i was doing me too i was in adultery i was fornicating i was lying and stealing oh and you couldn't tell me to put the sexy away 
I stayed with the sexy, you know, so I am humbled. I am so humble now that by God's grace and mercy that he forgave me through the shed blood of his son. So, yeah, I'm not making light of this anymore. Uh-uh. No, no, I can't. We can't. People, listen. Look, we don't have a whole lot of time to live, okay? Because we think that we got all the time in the world to live, but we don't. One day we too shall die, okay? And we don't want to keep playing these games thinking that God is playing with sin and how Jesus would never tell us to leave something because it means so much to us. That sounds crazy, okay? And this is how people create whole doctrines and loopholes and misinterpretation of the scriptures and uh, twisting the scriptures because they don't want to get out of their sins. And so, thank you, Holy Spirit. And and this is how we get them tickling ear messages because God told us, he says that there's going to come a time when people would not um, adhere, okay, endure sound doctrine. Why? Because they will heap upon themselves teachers with these tickling ear messages. Why? Because they are steeped in the same uh, lust that they are in, okay? And they will turn from sound doctrine over to these fables, these fairy tales and myths. Listen, it is a fairy tale for you to think that Jesus would never tell you to leave a sin because it's making your life too happy. Now, that's crazy. And you will get other carnal Christians to join in on that. And that now you got a teaching about it going on. Another uh, sister in Christ, uh, I guess a sister in Christ, she too has a teaching on that. No, it's okay for you to remarry. Jesus approves it. Absolutely not. So... There we go. The takeaway to today's lesson is that if you love me, you will obey what I command. John 14, 15. And that's the bottom line to it all. We can holler, kick and scream and fuss and fight about all of it. At the end of the day, you standing at that white great throne judgment instead of the beamer seat. Instead of a Christ's judgment seat, okay, okay, and you're going to have to tell Jesus how Bob made you real happy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not funny. It is not funny because these people need to stop playing. <clears throat> Excuse me. These people really need to stop playing. Jesus is not going to be like, oh, Eric, oh, Sally really made you happy? Yes, Lord, she made me happy. I know that she was my fifth wife, and my first wife is still alive, but Jesus, you know my heart. You know I'm a lover. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> and Jesus is going to be like, probably to Gabriel, um, is his name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? He's going to look, no, Lord, it is not. And he would have his angel pick you up and throw you 
into the lake of fire because you can get over Bob. Yeah. So there we have it, my friends. If we love Jesus like we say we do, then we will follow his commands. And if it is a tough decision that we have to make in life, trust him that he will get you through it. Okay, stop looking five steps ahead, like how you going to now pay the mortgage, how you now going to not have any sex, how the kids now going to be mentally disturbed because y'all got to start over from scratch. Trust your Lord. Okay, you trust him with the salvation of your soul, will trust him for everything else and lean not onto your own understanding because Jesus is going to make your path straight. Mm. Amen. Glory be to God. So until next time, Lord willing, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.